Hey everyone, I'm Callie Sorensen, and welcome to my podcast, where we explore different perspectives and dive into our life experiences to uncover new ideas and insights. Through these conversations, we hope to educate, empower, and inspire one another to expand our minds, open our hearts, and have a deeper understanding of ourselves, others, and the world we live in. Thank you for joining us on this journey of discovery, growth, and learning. And may we find practical solutions to life's complex challenges. Hey, everyone, and welcome back and welcome to this episode. Our guest today is Jenny Wild, who has been an actress and corporate marketing professional for over 25 years. Jenny was once a stay-at-home mom who got lured into the world of multi-level marketing, where she witnessed firsthand the deceptive practices and predatory nature of the industry. This experience led her to become a passionate advocate for a change in the MLM industry. And in this episode, Jenny's going to be sharing her insights on what MLMs are, how people get recruited, and what to look out for including that two-headed monster. She just returned from the annual MLM conference with the Federal Trade Commission and is going to reveal what changes can be made to protect consumers. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Welcome to this episode. I'm so excited because I have Jenny Wild here and we're going to talk about multi-level marketing, MLMs. And it's the first time I've done an episode on this topic. I've actually been a part of three MLMs, so I'm excited to dive in. So thank you, Jenny, for coming on today <laughs> to talk so about this. So excited to be here. Thank you, Callie. Yeah. So maybe first of all, because some people might not know what multi-level marketing is. Like, Luckily, I think these days, thanks to you, you're active on social media and so many other people who are raising awareness and advocacy around MLMs. Do you want to just kind of give a little background on what is an MLM and why are they problematic if you think that they're problematic? <laughs> I would love to because the ongoing misconception is that a pyramid scheme is not an MLM and an MLM can't be a pyramid scheme. MLM, of course, this acronym referring to that multi-level marketing financial model. So MLM is the acronym. And believe me, the rebrand and the refresh on what we're going to call a pyramid scheme with products today is run by the industry. They really are on top of narratives and vernacular and language. So you have heard it called social selling these days, affiliate marketing by way of a certain company, or you're a brand ambassador or a brand rep. I know a lot of these words are used interchangeably with regular commercial businesses or small businesses online as well. And of course, we have the whole influencer space, which, which we'll get into. But multi-level marketing is a way for a company to legitimately present a product to market. It's through representatives. It's through 1099 contractors. They aren't employees. And the reason it's called multi-level is because you are within a team structure gaining some profits through the sales of that team. The reason that multi-level marketing is problematic and is accurately compared and conflated with pyramid schemes is because of the deception and the misaligned ethics. Multi-level marketing are out here on these streets, both in Main Street USA and online platforms on social media, advertising they have a business opportunity for everyone, for yeah. everyone, that it's this level field and whether you can sell a product or not, don't worry, we'll train you, come on in. We have this service or product or value proposition, just like an, just like any other company offering their wares to the market. However, the construct of an MLM is rooted in deception. It is rooted in the fact that only 99.7% of people will lose time and money and only that 0.3% will ever really profit anything. So, well, and that's the pyramid, right? Because it's like that 0.3% is at the tippy tippy top Correct. making yes. all of the money, right? And, yes. and that's the thing. I think that deceptive piece of, and this is what confused me because I was like, but wait, it was this deceptive because they showed me the structure or they talked about this and, you know, mm -hmm. they can make it seem like they're very transparent and showing the models and showing that. But I never was 
actually told about the risks involved. I was never shown the numbers yeah. of just how hard it would be to succeed and almost like impossible, right? To make yeah. it to the top because you have to be one of the first people in to yes. be at the top. Yes. And sales is competitive. Let's face it. If you're going to have a career out of sales or provide for your family and build a retirement off of a sales career, it's quite competitive. And it can always bring into question your individual value system, your ethics, your integrity, because whether you're in real estate or you are with a legitimate non-MLM insurance brokerage, whether you're in pharmaceutical sales or any of the above for a major corporation or small business, you have to be really aggressive, assertive. You have to really put yourself out there. And there's no denying that some of those principles, which are coached in MLM, be first, be there often. An open mouth is an open business. Keep talking, keep talking and selling and providing that value to your customers. That's all well and good. And I will say, if I went down the street and worked at a furniture store in retail, I would be told there's potential for a certain income, but it would be up to me, of course, to go after that within the constructs of that comp plan and of that financial model. The MLM model does not allow for that much success, the success to be shared, let's say, because you're yeah. already uncapped in your recruiting. You're flooding the market with what you and I will get into because of cults and MLMs, this closed loop, this internal circ mm -hmm. network system. of pe people. Mm -hmm. And what you're really doing with MLM or a pyramid scheme is, hey, we're all over here making money, all being that all or nothing thinking. We're all able to have this opportunity. It's available for her, and that means it's available for me. So you're constantly recruiting into that model, keeping people closed in that loop of buying the products, trying to make a business work, offering products. From Wikipedia, I'll just read, multi-level marketing is the practice of selling goods or services on behalf of a company. Participants receive commission on their sales, and they do. Otherwise, they'd mm -hmm. all be shut down tomorrow, right? They do receive a small commission on their sales. Many people promote multi-level marketing as a way to get rich quick, and that is true, and that's right from your dictionaries and Wikipedia pages. But they can be pyramid schemes, and that's my argument in my platforms and in my messaging based on my experience and based on the hundreds upon thousands now who are speaking out and our experiences are all the same. Very similar. Right. Well, and I think that's what really woke me up to see that it's an unethical business model. Because an ethical business model would be a win-win where you sell yeah. that product or you sell that service and the other person feels happy. And that's yeah. the thing. When statistics are showing, like I lost money joining my MLM. Yeah. You don't receive a base salary, right? Like you're making Nothing. it based on the commissions of your sales and your downline, the people that you've recruited in. But it was like, I kept working and I had to meet these quotas every month. And it was like, I ended up losing money. And I'm like, that is not an ethical business model where, and I was busting my butt. It wasn't like I was lazy, yeah. you know? And I think that's what they say. Oh, well, if you worked harder, it would have succeeded. Mm -hmm. Like if you did, it's like, you're working within a system that just does not work. Oh, and it's that's, built. It is built, it's built to, to fail. <laughs> built for the majority to fail so that the, yeah, like you said, 1% or less can truly make out and make out with quite a bit of wealth, also have an easier time in terms of investment of their time or of their sacrifice they need to give. Because at a certain point, the wheels are turning and money is churning. And just think about it. Like if you, what you have is people at the top of the pyramid, always advertising and communicating within internal team groups called training, training, product trainings. Oh, a new product came out. Oh, we have a new launch. Uh-oh, it's, it's the holidays. Here's our new promo box. So the fear of missing out is constantly yep. to the reps. Whether you know it or not, as a 1099 rep for an MLM, you are the customer. You are being led always into a path of keep the money here. Keep the money here. Keep it here for your shampoo. That's how we started this MLM. But now we're going to do collagen drinks. Keep your money mm. here. Let's go, let's, we're going to do a little, you know, CC cream for makeup. So now your makeup, your home goods, your, and then we get, and now we're just all, all the money is just churning in this internal system and right. that's capitalism, but it's so concentrated in an MLM to this closed resource of customers slash reps that it just is its own monster. 
but it does generate billions in revenue as an industry, billions worldwide. It's uh, a behemoth, my little grassroots effort or anybody else talking on social media hardly feels like they're moving the needle at all against. However, if we keep it up, that's what the MLMs taught me, Callie. If I'm consistent and I just keep going, right, <laughs> I will right. succeed. Well, and it's that whole, I think I'm actually releasing a video today on my YouTube about the sunk cost fallacy. And I think it's exactly yes. that. It's the more you invest, I've invested so much time, so much money, so much energy, so much effort. I've recruited all my friends, my family. It, it creates this close things where you don't want to get out because you've already invested. So let me just invest more, like more time, more energy, because it's so hard to pull back and cut our losses. Exactly. It's so hard, right? Because you really do want it to succeed. And then you look at all those top reps and you're like, well, they're succeeding. Like maybe I'm the problem. Maybe if I just could do more, maybe if I changed this or took more trainings or go to more conferences or, you know, become a bigger boss, babe, then I will succeed. I must be doing something wrong. You are so right. And throw more money at it too. Oh, I should have more giveaways. So maybe I need to, I should buy some inventory to host a giveaway or to have swag for my guests to take home from the party and oh, the food and the mileage to get to the thing. And it all adds up. And so that profit and loss statement in an MLM is so important. I suppose when you are in any other controlled, high control group, undue influence group, And MLMs do cross into that very, very much besides products and all of this, talking about a mindset manipulation that is the next layer. So how they are the same as cults too is to continually have you questioning yourself. Do I have what it takes to be like my upline? Because she is advertising to me by way of her social media. She's on the beach. She's able to work a business from the coffee shop while her kids have a play date with the other. Yet you're told, go on your social media, be yourself, be authentic. Your customers that might want to buy your essential oils, they're really buying into you. They trust you. They follow you on social media. Tell them how great the product is. They'll buy it. But what happens is inevitably you try and go down that road. And you're not met with that success because, again, financial models statistically and factually built to only have a 0.3% succeed or make money. So now you doubt and you go back into like, maybe I need my hair to look like that or maybe I need to present more Mm -hmm. content like she is because she's recruiting people. She's making it work here. And you're constantly perennially confused about yourself. And Meanwhile, it's women's empowerment and go go courageously into areas that make you uncomfortable. This will give you confidence. And it's like, I do have confidence. I think I know who I am, but yet this business model is sending me just in circles for for years and years and years. And people get stuck. You were in three. I was in three at the time I said, now I know. Now I know that this is, I see through it. And I'm going to speak out. And maybe we should talk about why people join MLMs. What are those hooks? How do they recruit? What kind of techniques and tactics and false promises do they give? (laughs) Of course. Well, one huge attractive piece to me was that community idea. So you're told, here's how it begins. And I'm just going to paint the story of like the last seven or eight years because I actually did a presentation on this recently where I'm comparing the attraction of anyone to social media for the same reasons they're attracted to MLM. And so now that the two are conjoined, like absolutely just unrecognizable because MLMs are so all over the place on these apps, I feel like there's so many similarities to what keeps people in and attracts them in. So it starts with I'm on social media, I'm scrolling, and I might see a friend or an acquaintance, somebody that is in my algorithm for whatever reason, and they're talking about how easy life is and comfortable, and they're talking about things that I want for myself. Maybe I want more time with my kids rather than clocking in and out of a job away from my home. Maybe I want something that I only have to put in like two hours a day on, and this passive income will just appear because people like what I'm talking about on social media, like I like what she's talking about on social media. So it begins and maybe the direct messages and text messages between this person start to happen because either you're interested and you're like, tell me more, or you've commented on their thing. Product looks great. I struggle with acne. Tell me about your face cream. 
or they're in your DMs. Now, the trick is it, the old days of MLMs, these have been around since 1908, Callie, <laughs> were, you know, maybe our aunties were in the living room talking about food storage or something like that. And it just became like, oh, Betty's into this thing and I'll support her. And also my food will stay fresh. I'm not interested in being some boss babe. But today it is about what are you doing with your time and this judgment about how you spend your time. And if you're not doing a side hustle, well, you're missing out on an opportunity because online, right here, digitally, virtually, we can sell anything, we can be anything, we can make money. This is a revenue stream, just talking in screens now, right? So the MLMs recruit you right there on social media by Mm -hmm. making everything look very attractive. And when I first started with my third MLM, that's where they were with it. They didn't want to be DMing people. They don't want a cold call. They don't want to do any of that icky, what they call icky stuff, where you're just coming in like a stranger going, ever thought about losing weight? You know, it used to be a phone. (laughs) Now it's texting. Ever thought about losing weight? Hit me up. And what happens is, you find out a little bit about the product that might solve your problem. Like, oh, what is what is this job she does from home? I'm interested. Then the conversation turns to, by the way, there's so many of us doing this. They were all at a weekend in a VRBO last weekend and shooting content together and advertising their products together and also talking about life goals and what they want for themselves. And that was attractive for me. And I think it is for so many participants. They're lonely we're lonely. We are seeking connection. We feel like somebody has seen us and heard us if they simply came into our DMs with that compliment, like, I like what you're saying today. That message is important. Now, those are the kind of DMs coming in, not here's a link to buy my product, you know. It's right. much more covert now. It's much it's like a, more It's like charming. a coerce. Yeah. And what I've noticed is there's a lot of that coercive rapport building as well. Or they go into these Facebook groups or target vulnerable populations who might want to buy that product or Mm -hmm. people who are struggling, or maybe they see new coaches out in the field and they know that they're struggling financially. So here's a little side thing that you can now bring into your coaching. How I got in was actually, I liked I wanted essential oils. I like essential oils. And I just moved back to America after traveling abroad for so long. And I needed to make money because I was used to living in third world countries. And like, all of a sudden, I have American rent to pay. And I'm like, shit. And I met somebody and she started telling me like, oh, you can make money with this. And it was like all about that passive income. It's Mm -hmm. that dream. You can make money while you sleep. And I did believe in the product. So that's how I kind of justified it for myself was like, oh, this is a good product. And I taught Reiki and I did other things. So I was like, oh, I could do aroma Reiki and I could do like all of these things. But underneath, like I always felt that, that icky, like there was always these underlying tactics where I had to keep trying to justify myself or, you know, and I think that's why I wasn't successful in the end too, besides being at a failing model. But I also underneath, I knew that something was really off. Mm-hmm. Right. The other one I had done was Beauty Counter. Yes. And, yes. And, you know, I it know was, well. I, oh, okay. were you also? Yeah. <laughs> I was. That was my first one. My first okay. One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, with Beauty Counter, it's products. like well, clean makeup. Yeah. A friend also introduced me and let me try the makeup, and I really liked it. And I love clean products. And they were doing advocacy and changing legislation. And I was like, well, I want to support this. And that's where I think it gets so confusing because it's like, okay, well, the essential oil thing failed, but this one, they're actually changing legislation and it's hard to find good, clean makeup products or facial products, you know? (laughs) Oh yes. I think MLMs are excellent at looking at the market and figuring out what is the conversation around and being that clean beauty. That's one. Or collagen. Everyone's into this collagen and it's flying off the shelves at your brick and mortar retail. Let's get into this space. They really are excellent at keeping, again, that building that dependency, but also for that community feel. I don't know if in the MLMs you were in, you had much of a line or communication or those team meetings. They really keep you coming back. I think about like, let's just say Callie had side hustled with a essential oils direct sales company that's not MLM recruitment dependent. You don't have to recruit other people. You really are just repping this product. You might go into stores and sell a whole slew of oils to the health food store in your town. You are the direct sales rep. 
The difference being you would be you would be at home with tools, maybe even a laptop, a phone. You could still be 1099 rep, but the company gives you what you need to be successful, to learn about the products, to be trained, and then it supports you through the process. MLMs keep you doubting and coming back and saying, oh, I'm, I'm just not sure about this. So let me again, connect with the like-minded people that are having success or who ranked up last week. And let me just see how they're doing it. Instead of it just being about the products, it's about, uh, it's about so much more. I often feel like it's such a big ocean to boil. Ah, how do we really get down I to it? Know. But I will say people just craving a friendship, craving some confidence for themselves, craving an income, even to supplement what they currently make full time. And I would also say an idea that they could be some kind of leader or mentor, step into a more powerful life status for themselves by way of MLM. They see people on Zoom calls or on, you know, leading things and on stages at these conferences. Yeah. And they think, that could be me too. I have this potential that within potential. me. So they tap into your belief and what they call your limiting beliefs about yourself build you up, but keep you just doubting enough to keep you around. As you're saying that too, they really do sell it as like an all in one, right? Like mm -hmm. you get the community, you get the income, yeah. you get the training, you get to step into leadership. They sell this lifestyle and they sell yes. this idea of what it could be. And I think that was it for me. It was like, whoa, this could be really easy and I could make this income really easily. And I think the other thing is also selling something that's going to help better the lives of other people or the world, you know, like oh, that, that helping beauty. That's right? big. Add of that service. to the fifth tenant of why people join. Yes, Callie. I can't believe I missed that. You're so right. Helping other people. That's what you're told all the time. You are helping and serving. I was told it is selfish not to talk about these products because people can't go to just Walgreens or CVS and find them. If you're not talking about what has helped you or what has solved this problem for you, you're being selfish. Oh, and also there's always a gratitude project. We are as a team going to be doing good in the world. Every event that we would go to, you're collecting money or canned goods, or you're supporting a, a single mom in the neighborhood who's got a GoFundMe going on or something like that. Like always with the gratitude projects, service projects, so that there is this sense of, well, I literally would rationalize for myself over two years. If I'm not making money, at least I'm helping people. At least I'm, and you mm -hmm. rationalize, this is entrepreneurship. There's always this curve. There's always this get in the weeds and probably lose money, lose time, sunk cost fallacy perception, but you got to know when to cut the losses. That's what's key in any business. And with MLM, I'm trying to cut, I'm trying to get to people before they join. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. losses before you join. <laughs> well, and that's why I'm so grateful for you <laughs> and all the other people who are speaking out and raising awareness because it is. Mm -hmm. It's like it's shining a light and helping educate because I didn't have this. There was none of this back in the right. day when I started. You know, what, when I looked what at, years were you in MLM? Oh my god, did you I think I I think it must it. have been 2000. When did I come back? 2016, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it was and around really, that. Really? Oh, 2014, 16, 17. That's really when MLMs, because MLMs as an industry were not on social media. They were really intrepid about the internet. Obviously, they have commissions that regulate them or try to uh, the Federal Trade Commission, Bureau of Consumer Protection, National Consumer League. All of these people have MLMs on their radar. And they watch their comp plans. They watch their income disclosures. They watch the reps in the field now. Since they opened the floodgates, all these MLMs had said around 2016, around that time, go ahead and advertise in your personal pages. You can't buy ads, certain platforms, Meta, TikTok, oh, link, wow. LinkedIn, you know, even Indeed.com and Glassdoor. They have rules about the companies you can comment on or what you can do with the ad space, let's say on Instagram. But uh not beyond that, if Jenny wants to talk about an essential oil on Jenny's personal page, Jenny can do that. Ah, and, so and that's so it became, the workaround. <laughs> yep. And so when social media opened up to MLMs, or rather MLMs opened their compliance agreements to say, you can do this, but we have rules. Here's what they are. That's when it really, that's when it really kind of became this two-headed monster for me. 
I feel like it's very difficult now to tell who is in an MLM and who is just on a grift or in some space where they claim to have a skill or where they claim to have a, an answer for you. So online is a tricky place anyway, you know, chaotic and anyone can show up and really say anything or spin any, any tales. But when MLMs converged with social media to be that funnel, you know, use social media as the recruiting funnel, that's when it really got, really got ugly. And I think now we're just, we're going to see a tipping point. I really think that MLMs are going to start to pull back from social media just because of how out of control it's gotten. Reps are starting to be fined, fined. Oh, really? Um, for incur- incurring some debt to government agencies for like claiming things can cure a virus. Ah, uh, yeah. Big time health claims, wellness claims. So they're, they're watching and I think the landscape can change really in this new decade, but we'll see. So yeah, you were right there when it was all happening. But like you said, there wasn't a big anti MLM voice to counterpoint things back in 017, 016. And I'm so glad that they're starting to clamp down on because I remember even just with like I started with doTERRA, Young Living came on board and there was just like this fight even between them. It was like this total us versus them, you know, and so then I ended up being a rep for both of them, (laughs) like, you know, and then ended up going just to Young Living and they were making these claims of frankincense cures cancer. They were making these huge, massive claims about these essential oils. And, you know, I'm clueless, I'm naive, and they were showing kind of data or statistics, or at least stating these things. It felt so unregulated. And I'm the type of person, I think this is why I was so susceptible to as I'm like, oh, well, maybe it is like, like, it seems too crazy and out there. But if there's data, like I'm open to believing that anything is possible. But anything I, is possible. Anything That's is possible. The motto. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it is a placebo effect, but if it works, like, hey, like, yeah. you know. And if it burns the top layer of my skin, well, I'll take the risk. And so sometimes it can reek of that desperation. Or like you said, when people's reaction is immediately, how can someone fall for that? I go back to, listen, it's not about whether we're smart enough or whether we are intuitive enough. It's a a mixture of someone playing on an insecurity you have. And even though you could be like the most confident person, you could be Beyonce Knowles, but Mm -hmm. you could have a couple of dimples on my rear end, like darn it. And you can just, someone can come in and zone in on that. But also like, get over here. We're all tightening up our buns and we're, and we're having a blast. And if you sell enough of this, we're all going to go to Cancun. So, hey. So you just, it doesn't feel desperate. It feels like the best decision you've ever made. It feels like everything's aligned for me now. Well, And it's that group thing too, right? Yeah. I think that's what really got me is like, once you're in it, you're in, like you said before, that closed system where everyone's believing it, everyone's yeah. going along with it. And I didn't have any outsiders to talk about who wants to talk about like these, you know, essential oil claims right. and things like that. Like I can't talk to my normal friends about it. They don't yeah. know. And even like trying to educate yourself. And that's why I think MLMs get away with it. They have their justifications down pat. Right. right. They right. have these justifications down pat of what they will say to counter anything that you're saying. And they sound yeah. very logical. Like they have very logical answers and backings to. They do. Until right? you realize a lot of it is the double speak because yeah. they, they do and everything makes sense until that's when I'm talking about when I first started our conversation. You will think you know the way and that everything's making sense. And then that double speak from an upline or from a mentor or from even the CEO will come in. Hey, stop overthinking things, guys. You don't need to know how the product works. You, you just need to tell people it exists and then they can feel for themselves. So it's like, well, wait, now we don't need to know the product characteristics or like what it's intended for. I mean, it, it just, it's yeah. just this constant loop of I'm, I'm going to keep going. Don't mm-hmm. stop until you're, you know, until you've hit gold, pay dirt. And the infamous meme that started in Amway 30 years ago, but still circulates the internet today is two men side by side digging for gold. They're mining and they've got their pickaxes and one is stopping. And there's just this tiny layer. Like if he had just chipped away just a little bit more, he'd be a treasure chest full of gold. He'd be in riches. He would have made it pinnacle achieved. This guy is going to keep going at the top. The lesson being, mm. don't stop, don't stop. And that's that sunk cost fallacy too. I feel like when 
it comes to don't stop three feet from gold and you'll never know unless you keep going. What if this next flash sale, it breaks through? What if this next, that's what kept me in for sure. When we were talking about the structure of the financial model and its ethics, you know, financial models don't have ethics. They just simply are what they are on paper. And then they function as they do mathematically. But we as people have ethics, we as people have value systems, and we do have our own personal integrity. And any business that you're going to go into where that is unequivocally, it cannot, it cannot match up. Eventually, if your own personal integrity is brought into question in order to make a rank, meaning you're going to buy that $200 in product just to break through and get the gold, you're going to you're going to make your car payment, but tell your audience online that you have a free paid for car because you ranked up because the illusion might attract another person. In, and then you really mm-hmm. will rank up. You start. Yes. So oh. to have ethics in what is an unethical industry is very, very difficult. And if ever a career asks you to let one sacrifice for the other, please, that's, that's a red flag from the beginning. But you don't know these red flags because they aren't presented. You know, I want to talk about bait and switch because- yeah. It used to be that it still happens, this bait and switch of information exchange, if you will. So now that MLMs are are online and so prevalent in social media, the bait and switch used to be, you're invited to a ladies lunch, we're going to have paraffin waxes, and my girlfriend is going to do manicures. This is going to be great, little wine, little cheese, we're all new moms, like we don't get out enough, come on over. You go over and the paraffin wax and, and the manicure is a certain product line. And now you're asked to buy or you're asked to, you know hang out or maybe you're asked to have a party at your house next week. That was in the early 2000s, right? That was 1970, 80, 90. Now there's still a bait and switch because online as someone is like we had mentioned in your DMs or in your comment section, oh, your dog is so cute. Or I just found you online because I was searching H&M clothes hashtag and I found you and your energy is amazing. Well, who's this new person giving you compliments? Love it. Or this is fun. Or that's why we're all on social media, just to connect, feel seen, feel heard, feel like we've helped somebody with a little suggestion of this or that. But inevitably, hopefully to do good in the world, right? MLMs, the bait and switch is now that attraction marketing thing. So with social media, they were able to say, just advertise a certain kind of life, advertise a problem solved by your product. And then people will be curious and that curiosity will drive them to your comments or to your DMs. So there's still a bait and switch because the wise mentors or leaders in these MLMs will tell you, don't put the name of the company all over the place. Well, now I know it's because if we Google search that, we're going to get a whole mix of lawsuits. <laughs> we're going to get Let's a mix hide of- the name so they don't see the MLM that's, that's attached right. to it, right? And now we're going to get the anti-MLM video that's on YouTube. Now we're going to get whatever's in the algorithm when uh, Monate is searched or Beauty Counter is searched. We're going to get the counterpoints. And that's that's what's so key. But that's why the names aren't mentioned straight out in any of these interactions with people. The reps are told, don't give it all away. Just attract people and then hit them with what you got and hit them with the products that work and invite them to the next outing. And it's like, mm. okay. So bait and switch it's still all, alive and well. Yeah. It's kind of how a cult works, right? They yeah. want to indoctrinate you so much, like to a certain extent, so that when you do finally hear the anti-MLM talk, or you do finally hear that maybe it's a cult you're so deeply in that mm. there's too much cognitive dissonance for you to even hear those outside messages that then keep you in. Yes. Yes, exactly. Now, you know, anti-MLM, I had found... The reason I found it was because one of my friends was featured in a video and she was devastated. Her face was blurred out, but they were using her Instagram story as an example of one of these tactics and her devastation. It resonated with me so deeply. I was hurt for her because you start to like, all of a sudden you are smacked with like, oh no, really someone feels like what I've said is harmful. Somebody feels Mm -hmm. like what I'm doing is so wrong it needs to be called out and my friend in her sadness I thought I'm just going to go quickly see like what I wanted the context I wanted to see what she was talking about and exactly how many views this thing had and everything and that's how I found some anti-MLM creators on YouTube now anti-multi-level marketing is a huge category some call it a movement, some call it a community, but community comes with that context. For those of us who have left MLMs, it's just a little yeah. bit still of a loaded word. 
But I will say that there are people that have common goals. They're not all the same in anti-MLM. And it doesn't matter what platform you're on. It just kind of matters, I suppose, what you feel would be best for the industry. After this last presentation that I did and a meeting I was in, I'm not sure if I'm anti-MLM. I don't really have a problem if they stick around. They need to change. They need to stop recruiting with this uncapped uh, perpetual model. And if they just sell these great products directly to people, I think they could sell them at a better price point. The commission structure Mm. could come down a little bit, be less inflated to accommodate for the pyramid structure, for the pyramid payouts. And you just really have products available online through a rep and that you trust. I don't see the problem with that. We're not there. Maybe that is anti-MLM because you're getting rid of all those layers. But if somebody wants to have a simple team and provide beauty counter products without recruiting more people to it, but that really is a big sweeping change because salespeople are normally interviewed. <laughs> are you yeah. skilled at selling? Do you have a network? Yeah. What are the assets you bring to this? And I think it's actually question because I don't, I don't think I even realized that joining this, I've become a salesperson. As crazy yeah. as that sounds, right? You're not actually told, oh, this is a sales job. Yeah. You're going to be selling stuff. Like that's your job is to sell these products. I don't think I would have ever signed up for that if it was laid out so transparently of what that. Oh yeah. Realize, right? Oh yeah. And that was the beginning of the end for me when I finally was with my little pickaxe breaking through and selling stuff. And truly I had earned a couple trips just on sales because they have one trip that you can earn just on the sales. I had one account that was for my dad and he paid me back. You know, like he wanted the oil. Anyway, it's just like, oh God, but you do have family. You have these emotional transactions underneath the undercurrent of this whole business you're doing. And it's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm my own boss. And it's like, your dad's buying your products, girl. I know. Um, like I remember signing up to make a quota. Like I had my mom sign up for a distributor under me just to make the quota for just that month. Like to get, yeah, to get right? the bonus thing well, or whatever. It, yeah. What I really didn't like about the whole MLM, and I see this so much, is when you're in that, it's almost like everybody and everything that you see becomes that potential recruit. And it starts to objectify people where I'm no longer having a relationship, like a deep relationship or connection with somebody because I care about you and I care about, you know, your life. It was more like, oh, there's Jenny. Like maybe she could use this product or how can I sell this essential oil to her? Or like, let me be friends with her. But like in Mm -hmm. the back of my head, I'm like, maybe she would be a good recruit. So it's just like you start objectifying people as being, and I don't know, as soon as I got out of the MLM and the cult, because they were very intertwined. Mm-hmm. The people who were in my cult actually were part of the recruitment into the MLM. It's yeah. like, it's just like this whole hodgepodge enmeshment that I don't yes. think people are really waking up to and of just how intertwined they are. But once I got out of that, I started to realize, oh, right. whoa, I was never actually connected to people or tr- I thought I was caring about people, but it was mm-hmm. more of this objectification of mm-hmm. people like, oh, I care about you because I care about whatever acne or, yes. you know, this yes. or, or your health problem. But like, really, it was to get that income. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I've got this monthly cycle. I'm on this drive to hit month end with certain numbers, with certain boxes checked. Absolutely. Your whole life. You know, the one book title, when I first joined my third MLM and last MLM, the book title they were pushing because you're always reading books, was be obsessed or be average. Be obsessed with this product. If you're not obsessed with this product, with this brand, with everything we've got going on here, then you're just going to be average. So be that obsessed person and let the obsessed flag fly. Okay, so again, mixed messages, because at first, don't tell people who you work for, let them come into your DMs, let them get the information out of you, drive their curiosity. Now, we're to be obsessed or be average. But it meant showing up every day and it meant monopolizing all of your time and all of your thoughts with how do I move forward? How do I get up this comp plan? How do I achieve what they're telling me is constantly possible? And the tricky part is to get so far down the line, again, where you're going to question, maybe my dad can buy one more oil. Maybe he can just buy one more oil this month. Mm, And I'll just, I'll finally hit that rank. It's been a year and a half. And you start to do your own math and start to go down your own. There was that one month that I just really slacked and, oh man. So you do it. And 
you don't feel good about it. That was the beginning of the end for me. I ranked and I pushed through and my upline was so happy for me that she bought a little oil and she was just like, let me, you know, do this and I'll buy it under Megan so that it works for, you know, there's a, you got to go to this line and go here, click a link there to buy it there. So it matters. So these convoluted comp plans can somehow all of a sudden for one single solitary second at the end of the month, say that you are director yeah. You know, April one Ugh. back down to where you were. Like you're at zero. You're at zero. Yeah. Build it back up again. Can you make it? I don't know. And then the cycle continues. Like a survival mind. sense, right? Yeah. That's what I felt. It was just the survival. And it was exhausting because it's yeah. like you said, you have to make that quote or that thing every single month. And it was just this exhausting yeah. cycle. And that's what I noticed. It brought me away from my initial, what the initial drive was for me to want to use these oils. It was like, to actually like, yeah, to help people. There yeah. was like a really good intention. And I think, yeah. I think it's important to say that again and again for people who are maybe even still in them or listening to this. It's like, yeah. no, like there was a really pure intention to want to help people or to serve or providing value, you know? Mm -hmm. But then as you get in the system, it's just, it becomes less about the value, less about that initial good intention and more about how can I survive and, you know, yeah, like, you're so keep right. this alive. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still helping people, but I got to rank because I, I have my ego. My husband's watching me do this. Like I, I, I have to have like proof. And if I mm. prove to myself one time that I can do it and you're so right. I think a lot of anti MLM communicators, content creators, even those that are supporting the movement or on blogs and subscribing to newsletters, things like that. Anyone in anti MLM who would like to see this industry change or go away altogether. But either way, I feel like you can be called jaded or a hater very fast. But, you know, excuse me, but I am a little, yeah, sure, jaded if that's the word you want to use. It's angering. It absolutely angers me that there are thousands upon millions of women right now that think they're truly setting out to help people. They're in an alopecia Facebook group talking about a shampoo that can potentially grow your hair. That's what's predatory. I know you don't mean to do it, Brittany, Tiffany, Jenny, Callie. You don't mean to be yeah. in these groups actually, possibly, it, it's not appropriate. Just don't do that. That's mm -hmm. why it gets the snake oil wrap. That's why it gets the, the icky, icky wrap that it does. A majority of the reps, 99% of the reps don't realize that it's, that they've crossed over to that because they're still up here thinking, this is right. Everything about this is right. Well, you've got it. You need that cognitive like because harmony, I, right? These women, these are my friends now and they wouldn't lead me astray. Now I'm close with them. We've done, we've had, we've gone through all this together. And now the CEO of the company, you know, I was at convention. I, I was able to kind of see his eyes. Like I trust. And you're just, and you're continuously led down that path, but to be jaded or a hater. Sure. I suppose anybody who's out, you know, going to be talking about an industry in a way that's like, hey, these are the realities and truths of it. And it's not pretty. Yeah. You're going to be labeled by the folks that still want it to thrive and certainly the folks whose livelihoods are threatened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and my heart goes out to all whistleblowers and people who are standing up because it's a fine line to balance. Mm -hmm. How do we walk this? How do we speak up and be heard? Because like you said, mm -hmm. when you have been exploited, when you have been lied to, when you have been deceived, like it's understandable to be angry. If you're not mm -hmm. angry, I think something <laughs> is wrong. Like if you're just like, right. oh yeah, I was exploited and lied to. And like, that's okay. Like peace, love and rainbows, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah I think we gotta work like, you know, there might be some uh, childhood issues or codependency here. That's like, you know, yeah. people pleasing. Or like, no, like, if you're in a spiritual mad. cult. Like, get mad. <laughs> I really want to validate people's anger that that is so needed. That fire of anger is what creates change. Anger is mm -hmm. when our boundaries have been crossed to say, no, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And something needs to change. Now, on the same token, I don't really like the, the anti- MLM name because it does have that connotation. These are people with access to grind or angry, yeah. especially women, right? We have this, oh, well, mm -hmm. if you're angry, you're a bitch. Yeah. And then they don't actually listen to the the truth and the gems and the statistics and the, yes. the data that is there to back that up. And this is what I've been playing with too in the cult world. Like, how do I expose this? But again, if I'm going to be angry and fiery, like a lot of people will not listen mm -hmm. because they think you're being overly dramatic. They don't see it, which 
then creates more anger because you're being gaslit. And like, so yeah. it's this vicious, and that's what creates this, this divide. And we see it in our country, this polarity, this yes. division, and it's becoming more and more. And that's why I love, and what I've been trying to do is how do I honor my anger? Because that's showing me where things need to change. Mm-hmm. But also how do I bring in that balance and learn how to regulate my nervous system and my emotions and come with those statistics? It's like I had to work with the logical to bring that on board. And it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's hard freaking work, especially when you've been abused psychologically, emotionally, all these things, domestic abuse survivors too. I mean, it's across all contexts, not just MLMs, like right. all contexts, right? Right. I just finished watching Dope Sick too. It reminds me of, okay. of our talk. Have you seen yes. that? I haven't but yet. I really Oh, you've to. got to watch it because it's so similar, the tactics of the recruitment and the deception and all of that. But again, it creates those whistleblowers that have been hurt and angry mm-hmm. and they need to stand up and say, this is not okay. Yeah, you know, and that's the only way that change is going to happen is for you know, us to, to stand up and say something. Now that I think, now that you're, I think about it, so when cognitive dissonance and the idea that like something's not right, something doesn't feel right, would strike me in the MLM, um, and you're not a whistleblower per se, but you're like, hey, I have a critical thought. I'd like to express why is the website constantly crashing? This that like, hey, don't we have a certain representative support rather than customer support. I mean, I can call for my VIP customer if they want to return their shampoo, but like, what about when I'm having trouble (gasps) with the back office? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, so I would continue. If you question anything, if you question anything, if you sit on a Zoom call where someone is like, oh my gosh, Becky is so close to ranking. If everybody just like, I mean, just sent her good vibes and showed her all the love (laughs) and da-da-da-da, right? And then at the end of the night, someone bought Becky $1,400 in product in order for her to rank so that so-and-so could rank and the domino effect could happen. And I'm going, this doesn't seem right. Like if I owned a pizza shop, like how am I going to like buy that many pizzas? This isn't real business. When you start to have thoughts like that, but you question them, Holly go lightly in the comments, like, hey, everyone, did you notice that the last time they rolled out a flash sale, you're shut down so fast. I know. You're shut. And so all these terms, gaslighting, our products don't make, you know, people's skin worse. They make people's skin better. You've been reading the wrong journals. You've been talking to the wrong. No, we have studies. Here they are. Here's our website we put together, the truth about young living, you know? And it's like, that's gaslighting. Taking people's lived experience with your products and telling them they're wrong. That's making them feel crazy. That's gaslighting. Toxic positivity, constantly having to swerve over here and swerve over there. Don't look at what's not working. Don't look at what is broken. Don't look at that you've been doing this three years and you're still at that low rank. Keep going three feet from gold. The next sale will break you through. So the anti-MLM movement, just getting back to that, it is growing quite a bit online. So it's matching the energy, at least on Instagram is where I kind of hang out the most lately. And I'm seeing it really match the energy of the reps from these companies who are selling and talking and doing reels and being cute and attracting people into their DMs and into their businesses. And again, no shade to the individuals. I was you. I was there once. And I believed, I believed with my whole heart that this could happen, even when my cognitive dissonance flared up or when people close to me were like, I feel like this is not where you're meant to be. I feel like this business is not really going to serve you well. And it's a paradise game. Okay. They were really saying that. (laughs) Some people were saying that to me. You don't believe it. And then you're out to prove something. It's almost like MLM has an ax to grind too. We're going to prove this works. We're going to prove that we're better. We're going to prove that we can overcome all the objections, all of the judgment, all of the anti-propaganda out there. But what I know is that it's not propaganda. I mean, these are like what you said, based in statistics, some facts, some studies, um, research over time, the odds of you winning a lottery ticket from a gas station is more probable than really being that top 3.3%, wow. 99.7% of people fail. So yeah, top 0.3%, it just, um, it just isn't possible. So anti-MLM has come on the scene. YouTube, they're big. There's creators making content like myself on Instagram and TikTok. 
And there's podcasts as well, like so many different areas, Reddit threads, Discord chats, you name it. If any of your listeners feel like they have a story to share or want to listen to other people who are not creating content, but even in those chats and in those conversations under YouTube videos or under the content on Instagram, it's it's really valuable. You're going to hear and see a lot of genuine people who, yes, first set out to help others or first set out to make a success for themselves or first set out to truly just be a fan of the products and make a go of things. They've been manipulated and they've they've been let down and they're navigating through those feelings of what I feel is like a divorce or a breakup or it's very much yeah. grieving. It's very much anger and grief in those stages. So I try and approach this. You mentioned style and tone and different ways of now presenting what we know as facts, what we know as the truths and realities, and what we can share to people to hopefully hedge anyone getting too far down the path of those sunk costs of their time, sunk costs of their energy, their creative input, and their money. So when anti-MLM is creating content and pushing out some different stories and realities about this industry, it's good to kind of just always remember, no matter where you are in life or what partner you're with or what religion or group or book club or MLM, critically think for yourself, critically think for yourself always. And I just, that just went quiet with me for a while. I would flare up and I would have those questions about the website's wonky or I don't feel like we just had a flash sale two days ago. We should have another one. Like these business, these strategic business questions that I would have that would get squelched down because immediately I'm looking across the room virtually at someone else who has made a go of things. And I'm like, Kelly, I was saying things to myself, like literally, should I just ignore when I have a thought like that and just keep going? Should I actually be like, get over feeling like I'm bothering people and just DM everyone? You know what I mean? Like I would have these thoughts. And that's where you just go, this is not a business that's sustainable. This is not a business for me at all. And I think people need to know exactly all the tricks, tactics, manipulation that goes along with it. It's just too bad because, yeah, there are good products and there are good people, even in corporate leadership of MLMs. They are just um, led astray by profits often. So where the anti-MLM movement can be the most, I think, constructive is to come at it with compassion and empathy. I mean, I have that immediately because I was that person that believed so much that this could work and I would be leading women and happy and loving life, making an income the way I wanted to. But at the end of the day, it's just it's just not really the way you want it to be. And I also go at it with a sense of humor because if I, I just... I yeah, feel I love like what you post. I have to <laughs> laugh. I have to laugh. I mean, because... I think throughout all of life, I just try and get through things with some bit of humor. So I hope if people enjoy that, it brings some levity to the situation, yeah. which is the fact that every day there is a grift running, there's a scam running, and we certainly just can't get to them all. But one at a time, one little conversation at a time, just like this, I hope we we can make an impact. Yeah, no, and yeah. thank you. I think that comic relief, I'm so on board with that. <laughs> I had troubles in the beginning when I first started doing comic relief, comic yeah. education around cult education, because it's so serious. But like for me, the comic relief was such a huge part of my recovery journey. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful that. opening to bring education about. And when you can start to laugh at it, it's such a healing part. The grieving is still there, but when you yeah. can laugh about it and bring levity, it makes it more manageable. Because yes. if you just go straight into the darkness and that's all there is. No one's going to want to listen to it either. Like all the time, like life is hard enough as it is. Right. Right. So I think comedy is such an amazing part of the education. (laughs) Well, and social media is serving anti-MLM well as well. I mean, in the old days, I suppose everybody was on a website or anti-MLMcoalition.org or whatever, you know, there was different places to gather or have conversations, but now it's like, you can make a reel and it can be pretty funny. You know, even just the sound is funny or your dog's in it or but it's got a point with the text it's got this poignant little consumable little bite about cults or cult tactics the bite model or mlms and i just feel like that's that's truly outstanding that you know we're provided these 
these platforms. And I think it like plants that little seed. It leaves that little sliver in the mind, you know, and that's what we're doing. We're planting seeds and we're just offering the education piece by piece. Like you said, the cognitive dissonance is so strong and the indoctrination is so strong and the sunk cost fallacy there's in so deep, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes time. I see the kind of the perfection of the whole anti-MLM industry because we need people with the fire and the anger to like shake stuff up so that people are kind of choked, you know, like, so they're kind of like you have kind of have to have that startle response. That was it for me in the cult. When a huge article came out that my leader was a cult leader, I was like, oh shit. But I was so defensive against that. And I was like fighting that it was not that, but yet it planted that seed because somebody was bold enough and strong enough to scream out with anger and vengeance that it was a cult, you know? And so we need those people. And then we also need the people that are there with softness and gentleness and compassion to then be like, okay, like it's okay if you're in it. It's safe to come. And that's what I'm hoping yeah. is like, I want to be a sounding board for people who are in cults or MLMs or any type of these situations to say it's okay. Even mm-hmm. if you were groomed to be one of the predators, even if you were groomed yeah. to be the, like I was too, and I get it. And to mm-hmm. offer that safe, compassionate space for people to come and ask questions and not be like, blamed or judged or, or any of that. And yes. I think that's why a lot of people don't ask questions. Cause like you said, you ask on YouTube or yeah. you ask and you get shut down, you get attacked because yeah. yes. people are in survival and they're like, things come out when you try to challenge their belief systems. They're holding on so oh, tightly, right? Big time. <laughs> you know, and I just, I don't know if 2020 hadn't happened the way it did in this entire world, the pandemic and having to shut things down and really waking up to what MLMs truly were and social injustices and racism and so many things. Honestly, I don't know where I'd be if the world weren't upended because it shook me up enough to go like it shook all my red flags to the surface. (laughs) And they were like, they're right here. I was literally checking off boxes to earn a trip to Dominican Republic and stopped and called my friend who we were like, in the same chat group, motivating each other, trying to just say like, hey, what's everybody doing today to earn the DR trip? And we started talking about how wrong it felt and how the last training was so icky and how anyone March 21 of 2020 is going to get into somebody's DMs and say, I'm productive and busy in my business. I don't know if you know of anybody looking for a side income, but I've got an opportunity. Just let me know. No worries. Hope you're well in this unprecedented time. Gross. So gross that I'm grateful to be where I am now, which is whatever had brought me to this point, it was time. It was time to get kind of angry and and shake it up and bring my red flags to a public forum. Now, if anyone's embarrassed or talking about it isn't part of their journey of healing or coming out of a high control group, that's okay. That's absolutely okay. But I think the more people that get vocal about it, for instance, we had this period of time where we could comment to the Federal Trade Commission about a new rule they were proposing for multi-level marketing. That's super important. And you can comment anonymously. You can go and have a little fake Insta account and comment anonymously if you want to be part of conversations too. It's truly instrumental to, well, at times like that, to craft the rules and legislation and regulation that can be carried forward in the future. Maybe change this industry so it's not the way it is. You know, as long as there's recruiting involved, there will be a high level of manipulation involved. The counter argument from MLMers, well, corporate America recruits. Corporate America is shaped like a pyramid, president, directors, managers, bank tellers. Sure, but those arguments fall apart when you start to realize that we aren't incessantly perpetually uncapped recruiting people to work at Corporate USA. There's not enough chairs. You just want the qualified people. And if I refer Callie to my corporation and she fits the bill and makes it through interviews, great. I get a hundred bucks, but it's like, that's not, that's not MLM. That's not recruiting. So yeah, I feel like there's really big potential for things to shift a great deal in the next two years on this social media landscape, especially because of that two-headed monster I mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in MLM and you're asked to be this influencer now, you're asked to be online as much as, I don't know, um, you know, name an influencer, like Michaela, she does makeup on TikTok, 6 million followers. She's on every day. That's her job. She's got sponsorships now, ads, products sent to her. I mean, it's a whole, that's a whole gig. But now you're asking people to literally be on their phones, be obsessed or be average, and be on this thing so often. That's not for everybody. 
at all either, Callie. And I mean, that's a whole facet of your mental health in and of itself. So the fact that in sales today, screens and always being available and everything are your tools. And it is probably going to weigh in on how successful you are in your job or connecting with people. It's still so not healthy to be on this all the time and for the trainings, for the Zooms, for the advertising of your products. Because really, when you're talking into a void, it's kind of a void. You know, no one, yes, everybody washes their hair, but no one's heard of your shampoo. So you could be laying and planting seeds for years on social media as that influencer. And it's going to be a burnout. It's going to be a burnout and you'll have $0 to show for it. That's certainly not the case for everybody, but one out of a hundred only will probably break through. And that's in and of itself, the problem. I think reps will start to tire of that. It's just not that sustainable passive income. It's hardly passive, hardly residual. Nothing is being made while you sleep. Yeah. You are working so hard and so often and, and more in so sometimes a lot more so than a full-time job, right? Right. <laughs> right. So when it comes to the content that we see or the or the conversations taking place in anti-MLM, I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. that there are people that truly do want to help. This is mostly a volunteer effort. Some people are monetizing their YouTubes and things like that. That's fine. I feel like as long as we keep talking about it, more people can have a chance to jump in and hear it or be part of the conversation too. I love that anti-MLM has attracted to the movement people that, whether they were in MLMs or not, so many different skill sets. I mean, look, you're here talking about it and you have this very specific journey you're on. We have dietitians that can talk to the health and wellness claims. There are nurses and RNs and CNA techs that can talk about the audacious and unsubstantiated claims of any of it. And there's scientists and economists in the right rooms, not always on social media, but economists and scientists and lawyers who can weigh in on like these opportunity rules with the FTC. And there's just so much coming in in terms of expertise too to the counterpoints to MLM, why it is problematic. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. I love it. Well, and how can people find you or reach out to you if they want to be a part of this Oh, great. I am on TikTok and Instagram. Those are my biggest kind of places where I hang out and talk through anti-MLM, other goofy mom stuff. And just, I am obsessed about my dog. I'm obsessed, not average, (laughs) about my golden retriever. So you'll see a lot of her out there too. I'm at the Jenny Wild. And I appreciate anyone that stops by or wants to DM me too. I'm an open book. And uh, it is something I do when I have the free time now. But as long as I'm passionate about it, I will keep talking about it. It's important. Yeah. And thank you so much. I think that's what it takes is some people will come on and they'll speak up once and then they kind of go away. And that's how these companies and these structures can get away with what they're doing. I'm just like so grateful. Like I know what it takes to speak out and receive all the backlash, but I love how you bring the humor and the education and the awareness. I, like, you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm re-energized. I was like, oh, springtime, you know, and I have a lot going on. A couple boys graduating eighth grade and, and senior year as well. So it's busy time around here. But I was just at a meeting in person and we were talking about how important it is to get together in person as well with people that do share your passion because I was able to present some of my point of view and some facts about how MLM is predatory in those groups where you're looking for support, healing, Facebook groups, private groups that are just really meant to be those safe spaces and they're infiltrated by MLM reps wanting to sell or it really anybody who's going to bring the conversation over to how I can make a mint off of these people's problems. So I have uh, shed some light there and in doing so, I was able to sit through some other presentations at the MLM conference. Third year in a row, there has been an MLM conference And it's not the anti-MLM conference because it is the consumer protection challenge. It is to take what we have today in terms of this industry and how we can continue to educate the public about it and work with these organizations that have a lot of bureaucracy, have a lot of hierarchical situations in their organizations. Of course, it's government. But we do want to, you know, kind of remain friendly with and stay on top of what is developing in terms of regulating these companies and these industries. Because I suppose it is different than cults because it is dealing with a business commerce and exchange of currency truly for a product. The Federal Trade Commission is involved in these MLMs. They are ready to take a look at the deceptive part of that recruiting model 
what it takes to make some regulatory changes so that they can be held accountable for when they are deceiving people, when they're proposing absolutely unsubstantiated income potential or claims deceptively. All of that is going on. So there's a really great future immediately. I think the next, again, couple of years, we'll see a lot of change, but stay, stay tuned, stay tuned to anti-MLM creators and podcasts and different platforms to know what the news is. Amazing. And is there any other platforms you recommend that people could check out? I think there's some great creators on YouTube. And again, you could start with searching if you have a certain MLM or you have a friend in a business or you were propositioned to join one or you're in one, search your own company's name on that YouTube. Or you could search multi-level marketing issues on Google or YouTube. Mm -hmm. The ones with the most views typically are the, the high quality videos. Watch them in time and a half and just see what they have to say. I think there's an excellent content out there. Again, like with all of social media, it's unregulated, it's undisciplined, it's chaotic. Not everybody is going <laughs> to speak to you like in the right. start. But yeah. um, try a few out. <laughs> yeah, try a few out. And in general, where I think people can offer the most help and they don't have to be online or on camera or anything like that to anti-MLM is to simply go to the Federal Trade Commission and leave a comment anytime that you see someone online making a claim of income or making a claim of health mm. or medical wellness through a product that, again, if they don't mention the product name or brand, it might be difficult to know. But if you don't see a disclaimer or anything else there, it's just important to report these things. If you've had an experience of some kind. With and then you no can just go to the website and yes. leave it there. Yeah. And there's a link in my bio on Instagram. I have a okay, link great. tree. So you can find the Federal Trade Commission link right there. Just go boom. And another website I think is just excellent is mlmchange.org. It is a website that's been compiled with just all the resources we have today, some blog posts. It'll have a great summary of the convention we were just at, the MLM conference we were just at. And you can view the presentations if you're interested to know what the Federal Trade Commission is saying today about MLMs, what they're allowed to say. If you're interested to know about any outcomes with Herbalife, recent lawsuits, Amway. I mean, this is all in these presentations. So I'll have links to those too, Callie. Amazing. I'll put them in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Anything else? Or I I know we we could talk about it for hours. I think we got to have a part two, right? We could. We could. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to sit here with you today. Thank you very much. Keep keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. You're so you're you're light in this world. You're powerful. And I I can say that now freely, not wanting anything from you, not wanting you to buy any oil. We can we can bo- love bomb each other and <laughs> go away. Absolutely. Keep, keep going. Oh, I appreciate I you so much. Thank yeah. you so much, Jenny. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this podcast has sparked some new insights, inspiration, or deeper questions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Your support helps us reach more people and continue to create meaningful content. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on our show, please reach out at CallieSorensen.com or on Instagram or YouTube at CallieSorensen. Remember, the journey of self-discovery and growth is ongoing. Until next time, may you continue to explore, learn, and grow. Please be advised that the opinions and views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the guests, hosts, and are not intended as professional advice. The content provided on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a substitute for professional counseling or medical treatment. The opinions shared on this podcast contain personal experiences and opinions that do not apply to everyone or every situation, and anything shared is not intended to malign any religion, belief, group, person, club, organization, individual, anyone, or anything.